1: The opinion line on Courts 96 FM. The big story in the news is this report from CAMS in Kerry. Now, we've talked, I don't know how many times on the program, about child and adult mental health services, better known, or child and adolescent mental health services, better known to you and me as CAMS. Uh, and it's got a huge number of branches around the country, 70 different branches of CAMS around the country. But a report has come out, a damning report has come out over, over, about the over-prescribing of drugs to children in a CAMS unit in Kerry. And it was done, all done, by one doctor. And the report that came out, many people are very, very angry about the contents of that report. Some people are saying that it should be handed to the the now because of what is contained within it. And while some of the parents whose story is told in that report are saying, come here, it can't end here. That's not enough now to tell us what happened and who did it. We need something to be done about it. I've been speaking with Morris. Morris, your boy is one of the children affected by this. Um, And tell me about him. Tell me what happened. How did he come to be involved with cams in the first place?
2: Uh, Basically, what happened was, is that uh, when Jason started to walk and talk, um, he was banging his head off walls and he had, um, he'd seen no danger. He was hyper. So we got in contact with a crowd called the early intervention team in Clowney. Yeah. Now that's when he was about two and a half, three years of age. Now and he was with them until the age of six. Now they stopped seeing children at the age of six. And CAMS take over. So CAMS then diagnosed him with ADHD. And that's how he became um a member of the of the CAMS. And the and the reason that I know so much about it is because I have three children besides Jason that were with CAMS for nearly twenty years. So I know the kind of running of it. I see. So when
1: he got the diagnosis or you were given the diagnosis, was it at that point that they began to medicate him?
2: At that point, they started to medicate him with a drug called Equism, first of all. Right. And uh, he was on, I think it was 20 milligrams of Equism at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that done good for about maybe two, maybe three months. And tell me, what effect would that have on him then? Well, basically, if anybody knows ADHD, children or anything about it. Well, we can process... One thought at a time. Hmm. Every thought they have, another 10 jumps in on top of it. Yeah. So it's kind of a jumble in their brain. Yeah. Yeah. And with the medication, is supposed to calm down the brain and let them process one thing at a time. So that's why the medication was there. Now, um, we done that for about two, maybe three months. And then that started to kind of wear off him. So then they tried him on Concerta, which is the same type of drug, but a little bit stronger. And then they tried him on uh, Medicinet. And then we found that Medicinet, you see, uh, prescribing these drugs for children is... As one doctor said to me, "It's trial and error, right? Because some drugs work on some children, other drugs work on other children. So it's kind of trial and error to see."
1: And and Morris, you you were, you understood that when you were told it like that that is something the hope is that something will work properly and he'll settle with that. His,
2: you were okay yes. with, yeah. I I was okay with that because I don't because I don't I had already three boys gone through the system already. So I was kind of all right with that. And uh, then, I suppose, what flagged me with this doctor is that, first of all, his age, right? Because the first time I met him, I said, look, Doc, I'm too very young. And he says, I may be young, but I know what I'm doing. Sorry, was it the same doctor all the time? No, 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 no. Um, the doctor that we were dealing with, with the first with Jason first of all I left. Mm. And then we had a second doctor who only lasted a couple of months. And then we had a third doctor who only lasted a couple of months. Mm. And they kept changing doctors all the time. So you didn't know where you were with them.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? So then I think it was uh twenty sixteen that this doctor came in. And um I walked into the room and something did not sit right with me at the time. Why is there not a social worker here in the room with us? Because when I had my other three boys, that was common practice. Hmm. So we just continued and every visit then we had, Jason was getting hyper and not concentrating in school. So then he turned around and he said to me, "He says I'm going to put him on concerta as well as medicinette." And I questioned this because I said to the doctor, "I said, look, I said concerta and medicinette, why are you giving them both of them when the one when the two tablets do the exact same thing?" So he turned around and he said to me, "The reason I'm doing it," he said, "is because um, one is fast release in the morning." And the other one is slow release in the afternoon. Okay. So that was plausible, right? No, I've never heard of it before. As I said, I've gone through the system before, but I've never heard of a child being on two medications. Right. But you were right. prepared to give it a go. I was prepared to give it a go on his on his word. you know? So and and it kind of made sense to me because in the morning when he took his medicinate, he was he sorry, take his concept in the morning. He was um, mellow do you know what I mean like uh, and then in the afternoon it would wear off and he'd get hyper all the time inside school which they, which they couldn't handle him so it made sense then to me yeah what age was he at this stage uh, Jason would have been about uh, 11 or 12 uh, about about 11 years of age but he was on the equism. Concerted then medicinate, then he was on the medicinate and Concerted together. So,
1: so this had been going on for a number of years?
2: Yes, right, this okay. has been going on for a number of years with this particular doctor.
1: And you began to notice particular changes in his behavior?
2: Yeah, um, the, the first thing I noticed was his lack of sleep. That's the first thing I noticed. And I brought it to the attention of the doctor the next time I was up there, and he prescribed, I think, melatonin, which uh, which uh, relaxes the mind to go to sleep. You can buy it in the chemist.
1: Yeah, melatonin. I think they call. Yes, yeah, right. Check. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he gave him that to calm down him by night. So uh, that went on for a while and uh, now you're talking about uh, and, and these did, it, visits. did it work Did the melatonin work? It didn't work at all no I stopped giving to me after three nights. you know what I mean like but I mean like you have to remember now that these visits were between six months and maybe a year before you'd actually get a visit from camps right? So you're talking about a six month maybe to a nine month period while he's been on these tablets before you'd actually get another appointment.
1: I see. I see.
2: Right? So this went on anyway, and we went up for a visit, um, I think it was 2019 or 2018, we went up for a visit, 2018, 2019, and he turned around and the doctor said to me, Mr. O'Connell, I think your son has autism. Okay. Right? So I turned around and I said to the doctor, I said, listen now, I said, as far as I know, cams do not deal with autism. You're quite right. They do not. So I turned around and I said, that means that he will have to go to a multidisciplinary team. And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, will you set that up? And he said, I will. So he said, in the meantime, that I will prescribe this drug for him. And I said, what is the drug? And he said it was Respritadone, right? So I've never heard of this drug before. So um, we were talking and I said, what exactly does this do? And he turned around, he says, well, this helps with ADHD, right? So I took his word for it. So I said, so he's going to be on three medications now. And he says, yeah, we'll try it for a month. So we tried it anyway, and I started noticing that he was he was stuck to the fridge. You know, like eating constantly. Then I find found that he he wasn't smiling like he used to smile. And little things like that. Then I then depression. Then waking up in the middle of the night with with nightmares. So I brought all this to the attention. On the next video, no, you, you're talking about now another six months of a visit. So we brought him back anyway. And the next thing was, is I said it to the doctor. But I I had also looked it up online. What the, what the uh, uh, respirator doll was for. So I went into the, the chemist in, in my hometown and fair play to the pharmacy. He questioned me. He turned around. He says, Morris, are you sure that your child should be on this? And I said, what do you mean? And he turned around and he said, do you realize that this is for schizophrenia, bipolar and severe autism? He says, it's an anti-psychotic drug. So so I nearly fell on the floor when I heard that. So I came home and double-checked on the internet, and that's exactly what it was. So I went, rang Cams, and, and he said, I'll give you a visit in four weeks. So in the meantime, my pharmacy actually rang the doctor to make sure he didn't make a mistake on the drug and the doctor told him no he made no mistake on the drug to give out this drug to my child
1: how how was jason's personality I, I think he said it was changing all the time here like
2: yeah it changed completely whereas he was an outgoing kid he'd go to the beach with us he'd go on car rides with us he'd do everything with us and then he started changing because his weight was getting heavier and heavier. His depression was. Getting-
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Getting worse. His anxiety was through the roof. He He wouldn't go to the beach and take off his top because he was afraid people were looking at him. He wouldn't go into the shops because he was nervous. Of people around him. And this is from a bubbly child.
1: Yeah. And and talking. he used to talk to you about it, Morris, didn't he? Used to, he wanted to know. He, he, did he ask you to take him off the tablets?
2: Yes. He turned around and he said to me on a few occasions, Dad, can you please not give me the tablets? Because my mind isn't right and I feel sick. That's exactly what he taught me. It's heart wrenching. Do you know, because you're trying to balance the good with the bad. I thought I was doing him good. Yeah. By the recommendations of the doctor. Yeah. And I was telling him that this was for his own good. I know. Do you know that he needed an education, that he needed needed to be in school. He needed to learn and not be expelled all the time. You must have been very worried yourself, Morris. are you? Uh, uh, well, once I heard that, I was very worried. I was very worried about Jason and his health. And like, and uh, and even though he's still off the tablets, I'm still worried about the effect that it still has on him. Yeah. Yeah. How old is he now? He's fourteen now.
1: Okay. And and how long is he off the risperidone?
2: he's after uh April
1: right and has he other meds at the moment
2: no he's no meds at all
1: none none none, none at and, all and how is he now in himself
2: uh, he's not great I mean like he's like this dawn; it repressed his emotions and basically what's happening with Jason is that he didn't know what's right or wrong basically because I feel that this medication has brought him back a few years Mm. because he can't show his emotions anymore. But it's only now his emotions are coming out. I know. Like the, the crying, the anger, do you know what I mean? Like the depression, the anxiety. That's very hard to deal with when you're 14. And the other thing about it too is that because of his weight... He's been bullied, oh. and then he's reacting badly—not in the way a normal fourteen-year-old would do—but he—but he'd re- he would react um, in inappropriate ways, and people can't understand that. I know. And
1: Morris, when you see the report that has now come out, uh, which confirms. Uh, that this level of medication was being given out uh, to to not just Jason, but to other kids. How does that make you feel?
2: Well, to tell you the truth, I was absolutely bullying when I heard that there was no extreme or catastrophic harm. Yeah. No, that's, that's in the report. No, I mean, like, from a medical point of view, they might not be for them. But if they spend one week or two weeks with the families and lived their lives, they'd know what catastrophic is. Yes, there's no arms, there's no legs missing. But their mental health is paramount here. And this is one thing that I don't see in the report is what the medication has actually done for their mental health. And this is why I say and other families I mean like there's mothers that I've talked to they're crying today over this report because they are guilty they feel guilty of what they done to their children like I feel guilty for what I done to my child
1: but you were only doing what the doctor told you to do Morris but that
2: still does not stop your guilt yeah do you know like it's because your first job as a parent is to protect your children from all harm. But you'd never expect it, the harm, to come from a doctor. Mm. Mm. And then you have down the page, or the next page to this, that this doctor meant no harm and that he'd do it again. And on top of that, the supervisors of this doctor should have flagged this Ages ago.
1: Yeah, 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 I think you're very critical of the fact that it wasn't it wasn't picked up. No one seemed to be monitoring what was going on. Or at least that's how it appears.
2: That's exactly what it says. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, it's, look, it's fine and well to make this fella a scapegoat. He's 80% responsible for what he'd done. But the other 20% has to go to the supervision, whoever's in charge of him, they are comparable as well for what he done. And there's no doubt in that mind. But I can tell you, uh, PJ, the day I was called in, I was running on Friday by the doctor. This is the doctor then who,
1: if you like, blew the whistle?
2: Yes, this is the doctor that blew the whistle. And he said, will you bring Jason with you? And I said, I will. So, and I brought my daughter as well. She's in UCC and she would know better than I would. Okay. I uh, lot of the words that the doctor would say, right? So the next minute he said, Mr. O'Connell, I bad news for you. And he turned around. He says, your son has been over-medicated. Well, I nearly went through the floor. I, I said, what do you mean that he's been over-medicated? He said he should have never been put on these type of drugs. So the next thing, anyway, my son turned around and says, Doctor, can I ask you a question? And the doctor said, do. And Jason turned around and said to him, am I going to die now? Oh, God. Right, that was his exact question. To the doctor, am I going to die now? And the doctor said, no.
1: And how did and how did it feel to you sitting next to your son knowing that this was going through his mind?
2: Well, first of all, I was going to break down in tears, but then I couldn't because of I had to stay strong for Jason himself because of exactly what he just said. I had to we myself and my daughter had to reassure Jason that he wasn't going to die. Yeah. And once he heard that from us, he was happy about that.
1: Yeah. The, the whole experience, Morris, uh, has led you to... You, I, am I right in saying you yourself were in the industrial school sys- system, so, so you know a bit about state institutions?
2: Well, I mean, like, the first thing that, that comes to mind, right, yes, I was in industrial school in Truly called Nazareth House, and we believe we were clinically tried as well you know with the formulas back in 1968 and before that when they were first coming out that they were tried on the children Mm. and I know we used to get injections that nobody knew why we were getting injections you Mm. know so that's the first thing that kind of came to mind was Jason used like I was and you know something Times, time may have changed, but the system hasn't. Yeah. Under a different name. That's, that's, that's all that uh, that has changed in all these years is the name. The same abuse of children is still going on.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now that the report is out and now that everybody's talking about it, uh, and the Taoiseach, I think, has said that it's time to review the workings of CAMS all over the country, and, and indeed, you know, I've taken many calls on the programme from parents whose children were involved with CAMS, some very good experiences, some not so good. Do you think at least it's time to, to look at the institution and make changes?
2: Well, I mean, like, this is the only bad experience that I've had with CAMS yeah. in 20 years. And I will say that, you know, because I mean, like, I can't paint every one of them up there as bad.
1: No. And in fairness to you, you've been saying that this is just one individual, one doctor. But exactly. But the implications of that doctor's work for your boy were
2: were catastrophic, to use the words in the report. Yeah. You know, and this is this is my point. I've often heard the secretaries over talking up there saying that they were understaffed, under-resourced, they weren't getting enough of help, and this is the outcome of it. 1,500 children over-medicated by one junior doctor. But that still begs the question, why was he not supervised by the bosses? It says there in the report that the man did not know his job or words to that effect. Now, P. J., if you did not know your job, would you be on the radio?
1: No no, 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 no,
2: no. Exactly.
1: Do you believe that people need to be answerable for this? That it doesn't. It shouldn't end with this report.
2: No, it shouldn't end with uh, with this report. And it shouldn't end with that doctor either. This should go all the way to the top of the HSC and to the mental health services. And bringing this, and I know they're saying that this doctor is independent. Right? But I believe a public inquiry has to come out here. And I'm calling on Stephen Donnelly to bring out a public, apology, uh, not a, a public inquiry into this. Because I still feel that this report, I believe they're backing their own people again. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah. So what? now that the report is out, and to finish up with you, Morris, now that the report is out, and now that the Taoiseach has said we need to look further into CAMS, what, what should happen, do you think?
2: I think, first of all, is that the Taoiseach neglected to give an apology to the children. That's the first thing that, that should have been given there. Stephen Donnelly should have apologised. So should the Taoiseach. That's the first thing I would say. Yeah. The, the second thing I would say, the HSC have already apologised. But I, as you know and I know, with the HSE and the government, this will be like the industrial schools. They'll drag it on now for the next 10 years before they'll do anything about it and I'm calling on the government and the HSE to give us peace now and let us get the resources that that we need for our children
1: there's a lot more to be done rather than just publishing this report Morris is I think what you're saying I wish you well, I wish Jason well and, and thank you for speaking with me today
2: No problem, PJ. Thank you uh, for listening to me. Quartz 96 FM. Planning for your next trip?